Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And who are you, my little friend? Not a spoon. Not a fork but something in between, a fapoon. <laughs> what will you think of next, Germany? We enjoy wrestling. Hey, fun fans, it's We Enjoy Wrestling. We are the Mattitude Eric. I am Matt Fowler. Say hello, Eric Goldman. Hey, guys. Uh, it's interesting having like an actual like mic sitting in front of me as opposed to just a headset mic because I feel like maybe I can get away with like drinking a sip of water and stuff and not be obtrusive because I can turn my head fully away. But then I'm like, how good is this mic? Is well, it picking it up still? And how quietly can you drink water? Are you a, slurp- right. are you a slurper? I'm a, yeah, yeah, because you you started to talk right as I was drinking water, and I was like, I gotta turn my head far away, but I don't know. Why go go back and listen, guys? Can you hear it? <laughs> weren't you drinking water when I was introducing you like last week or the week before that too? Aren't you always it, like? <laughs> it's my shtick, man. <laughs> I say, say hello, Eric Goldman. It's like, oh, my mouth's full of water. I can't do gotta anything. Gotta have my about it. In- my intro water. Yeah, you can do it uh, without making a peep, and as long as you don't go like, and then go ah, afterwards. <laughs> Gargle it. Yeah. <laughs> water. <laughs> Flushes me right out. Have we talked about the Cool Crisp Water song? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into that took the me real way off guard. I think you just I think you derailed this entire podcast quite early, <laughs> but go for it. Uh, I'll try to tell you this concisely because we have a lot of wrestling to talk about, which is simply that uh it, when I was a kid, my first trip to San Francisco, I heard a a street singer sing this song that was so sort of at, you know, and especially his, <laughs> was it Elias? It was, it was Elias. No, it was a very sort of hippy dippy dude and delivery. And his song was water, cool, crisp water. And, uh, or was it cool, clear water? Either way, it made an impression. It made me laugh. And I've told people about it. Uh, Brent Simons, this is your shout out this week. Cause I told, I was mentioning it to Brent fairly recently, uh, and then the weirdest thing of all, which is that um, Buster Scruggs opens with Tim Blake Nelson singing that song. And I was floored, Matt. I was floored. So it's a, it's a real song. It's a real song. And I looked it up and it goes back to like 1920s, I think. Okay. And it was in and it was in Rango, by the way. So I'd already heard it in another movie, but probably in the background. Oh, I've seen been. Rango. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed Rango. So, uh, it, was, but it, it was from the 1920s back when they actually had to advertise clean water. It's like it's something right. that humans needed. Yeah. Hey, guys. Less chunky, yeah. Uh, but yes, it, it, it literally o- yeah, it literally opens this Coen Brothers movie. Anyway, uh, that was my water tangent, my Coen Brothers tangent. Let's talk about lots of wrestling. I was gonna say, is this gonna tangent us into Walter from NXT UK? <laughs> <laughs> it might because, because of the way that he uh, when he came out and if he blocks the L with his large stature with his statuesque form, if he block it, just looks like his name's Water on the screen, <laughs> right? Uh, so. 
First, uh, basically, I want to get your take on Phoenix and your trip to TakeOver and the Rumble. Uh, you know, we'll start with TakeOver and mm-hmm. uh, Bleed into Rumble. This is a big week. I've already decided we're just going to, we're not going to get into everything. I'm still figuring out how to do these massive weeks again right, because we've right. already gone through Raw and SmackDown. We already have a, a, a couple matches solidified. Uh, Seth versus Brock almost solidified for WrestleMania. And we're so many days away now. So uh, what? how was Phoenix? And how was Johnny as Dark Phoenix? Oh, it, it was Phoenix was great. Dark Phoenix was great. Uh, no, so and by the way, I so I actually had a little. I had more wrestling than that because we went to NXT Riverside. That's on right. Friday I, night. Yeah, I saw the pictures, and you didn't even tell me you were doing that. You say you were just stopping at Riverside, and, uh, I, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> Eric's annual meth stop." <laughs> no, Riverside is quite nice, actually. I've only been there now. It's it's become um, NXT's kind of SoCal. Uh, destination. They had a weird thing because they they came to LA twice. <laughs> I was gonna and, say, did they also not play in LA like Rob Zombie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's because it's hard for them to get like for you know right now they still want a smaller venue and it's hard for them to find a, a one that's but but not as small as like you know uh, a Reseda you know pool hall. <laughs> so it's it's tricky for them because one time in Reseda they did the Hollywood Palladium, which was awesome, which is a concert venue, which is like an open floor all general mission concert venue, and they just put the ring in the center of the floor. And they would use the stage as like the entrance to come down. Uh, but I'm sure it's hard to book the Hollywood Palladium. And then the other time they did it at this bizarre theater downtown where they were – that's the one I know I've told you about where they were on a stage like we were watching theater. Uh, so you people were not sitting all around them because you can't sit behind them when they're on a stage. And it was very distancing. You so know? were you only able to see from one side then? Because sometimes when they have a stage at a uh, concert venue – People surround three sides of the ring at least. No, no, it was, it was just it was like it was like you're in an opera hall, but there's wrestling on the stage. <laughs> was it like so. you're watching a Max Fisher production that, from Rushmore? <laughs> yes, yeah, it was very a pinter play. Like I wanted it to be like just like <laughs> yeah. very intense. Uh, so now they seem to have found this night, this good venue in Riverside. It's always a great crowd, and that's been the they've done three times in a row now when they've come to Southern California. Uh, so they did that the night before. That was really fun. We got you know sometimes, and I know this happens a lot at the sort of house show live events, which is you get a little bit of almost a rehearsal for what's going to happen the next night, especially uh, Ono versus Matt Riddle. It was like a lot of the same spots, but that's always interesting, you but, know? But did they save the toe biting for TakeOver? No. he So he bit the toe, he bit the toe on the, at the house yeah, show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ono the bites toe, toe at house show. <laughs> yeah. Cash, cash's Tono, yeah. No, it's Ono bites bro-toe at house bro-toe. show. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, so, uh, t- so that's always super fun. Riverside, uh, uh, Candice LeRae's family is always there because that's where she's from. Uh, and, uh there? I thought like, she was from Anaheim. She's from Riverside. Oh, uh, I, th- I think she builds herself from Anaheim cause she loves Disneyland. Uh, but, I but mean, when she's, we in, all would, we all should do that. But when she's in Riverside, they say from Riverside when she comes out, uh, and, uh, her, her adorable nieces for the second time in a row were sitting right next to us and very, very excited as you might, uh, guess to see aunt Candace. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's really fun. And then Phoenix was great. Uh, you know, TakeOver, uh, again, you know, we'll go into a little more nitty-gritty, but uh, awesome show. It was a really good crowd, you know, and we can talk more about how this felt a lot like a Mania weekend, um, you know, including there were, the— there were a, I mean, there were a lot of Euro trips in take, at TakeOver, Royal Rumble, Raw, and SmackDown. A lot of people yeah. flew in, flew in for this, and you could tell from the sing-songy chants that they would do— mm-hmm. 
and, and just, just the vibe of the raw the massive booing crowd. the support for becky and the massive booing yes. of ronda that that was and get it out of the way now ronda i mean we'll talk about how it threw yeah. her off a little bit later but you know that's what you're heading into at mania yeah so, so uh so it was that 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 kind of hype the crowd that takeover crowds are always great but i guess i can really uh, distinguish this from the last takeover I went to, which was the night before Survivor Series, and Survivor Series, I, I I forgot Matt that they also did four nights in a row. They did four nights in a row at Staples Center, but that but Survivor Series, you know, it's the least of the big four, and it's not going to get that international crowd. Right. So it was a great crowd for Takeover, but this was a really good crowd. Like you could just tell with the pre-show matches, they were going to be hyped up. They were, um, you know, a great show. Johnny and Ricochet, you know, obviously it was kind of like the huge highlight. Um. The Dark Phoenix gear was awesome. And uh, yeah, so it was awesome. And then uh, I'll, I'll just say uh, before we go into like more stuff about the Rumble, uh, I, it was really fun being at my first Royal Rumble. You know, it was one of those pay-per-views I always wanted to go to. Uh, and it was awesome. I will say my one bitching and moaning uh, was definitely with the fact that it was a baseball stadium and a specific issue that I, you know, you wouldn't think about until you're sitting there, which is how do you what do you do with the entrance ramp when you have a baseball stadium set up? And the fact is they couldn't have an elevated ramp. There was nowhere for them to come out from an elevator ramp. Like if, if, if they had an elevated ramp, they'd be coming out from basically like the stands. Yeah. They, so, so they came out from the dugout. And then those of us at home, I don't know if you rewatched anything on the I, network. I watched both rumbles in their entirety for this reason. Yeah. They, uh, well, I don't know. I can't remember if people got the graphics at the rumble, the rumbles themselves, but when they came out, they had digital computer graphics on the screen for those watching at home that would normally sort of surround them on a Titantron. Right. And because it was, it was meant just a to... mini little screen that it was like, it wasn't even as tall as they were behind them. So for the, for those of us at home, we got these weird sort of cheap ass, uh, computer graphics of like Oscar's mask or something like that. Yeah. Or someone's catchphrase over them as they came out of the dugout. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a, Camera wise, too, there was a lot of sort of weird camera errors. One camera guy even tripped during Bobby Roode's entrance during the pre-show, but they it wasn't as technically sound as uh, what we're used to from a WWE Big Four production. And it was just, I think, the growing pains of being, yeah, like you said, in a stadium. Yeah, like a that. baseball stadium. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so, uh, the, so the one thing that was like my one caveat is that. At a Royal Rumble of all events, you want to see the entrances, right? Because it's yeah, there's like, yeah, no, that's that's why, yeah. <laughs> there's dozens of them. Uh, so that was the bummer is that when people came out, you, <laughs> I just thought of the never nudes. Like, there's dozens <laughs> of them. <laughs> we couldn't see them, and you know the way the screens work, they were just showing the graphic of their name, usually their logo. So until they got in the ring. You could like rewatching it. A lot of things I completely had missed. Like I didn't know that you know when when the riot squad started pulling people out, I hadn't seen them come out with Ruby, or um, I saw Drew attack one of uh, the Congo line, but I didn't know he actually attacked No Way Jose himself. If only uh, so, No Way Jose could like weaponize his Congo line, right? <laughs> sort of send them to do his bidding. Because when he came out, I was like, wow, this is it. Because usually that's what you got are a lot of like NXT trainees or, you know, even local wrestlers or I don't know who they pick up, who the strays are. They sort of pick up for that conga line every time. Yeah, It's not like we see him every week, so it's not an issue. But I was like, this is when he sends his conga line into the rumble first. Right. <laughs> he sends them in first 
and then like to try to soften everyone up. Obviously, clear the ring. Yeah, oh yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they eliminated everybody and then like (laughs) he he just sat in the ring, sort of CM Punk style, waiting for the next person to come out. That'd be amazing. Um, I by the way, I thought the No Way Jose bit was very funny. Um, It was actually oddly funnier to me when I was in person, and I thought that Drew McIntyre only attacked one or two random members of the Congo line and not Hoe Jose. <laughs> but, you know, just like, As a warning to No Way Jose. It's like, right. then nobody wants to be at the front of the Congo line anymore because you know you're going to get attacked by Drew. But, uh, but let, let's talk about TakeOver itself. Yeah. And then we actually are going to throw to a sound clip, and we'll explain that later uh, right after this too. But TakeOver itself, great card always. We say it every time. Everyone says it every time. It was interesting because now going into this, Johnny's been heel for a while, and now this sort of was his, I think this was his official crossover because he was still at a crossroads during his match with Ricochet when he was like, no, I'm not going to suplex him on the concrete. And then later he's like, yes, I am. I've changed my mind completely. And I like the fact that that was enough to beat Ricochet. It wasn't, they didn't have to do really sort of, body obvious heel traits like have uh, Champa come out and cheat for Johnny or something mm-hmm. like that even inadvertently cheat like help him without even right. even knowing and it's like I helped you and then it was just a darker more brutal turn that sort of signify that and NXT is able to play in that those real sort of subtle gray areas a lot better than the main roster can and I really yes. appreciate that and the fact that Champa himself was able to beat Aleister Black basically clean i mean aside from the fact that he worked over he worked over his leg and that's not that's that's not a cheap ploy that's solid wrestling so it just worked to his advantage right at the end i'll also say this i am fighting really hard to say gargano and champa because i really i don't know why i say i want to say the a's like oz yeah when they themselves say gargano and champa oh for sure for sure it's like no it's the same issue it's gargano and champa um and some of the other wrestlers say it that way, by the way. Oh, well, then that do the do, <laughs> do the announcers? I don't know. Do one of the announcers? Admit, someone's screwing me up here. I don't know who right, it is, right. but I'm looking for blame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great show. My favorite match. The two matches are, I think, were probably Gargano and Ricochet, and the tag match that opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was excellent. That tag match that opened. I, I have to say, like going in, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. And then that that was a really uh, strong way to start the show. The uh, I beat you in all, everything TakeOver, Eric, pick-wise. Uh, both of us got all of our Rumble picks right, by the way. Yes. We didn't even have to put an asterisk near Asuka's name because she beat Becky clean. Yes. It wasn't just that she retained her title. She made her tap, which was surprising, and I actually really enjoyed it. I know some people took Me as well. uh, umbrage with it, and I thought mm-hmm. it was, I don't think it hurts Becky at all. And nope. like you were saying last week, you want her – you want – you wanted Asuka to get a clean win, if not over Becky, obviously, then soon, you know, yes. over someone big. And this was that. This was an amazing match. So, both women's matches I really liked at the Rumble. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, I lost my turn of thought completely. Go back to TakeOver. Oh, TakeOver. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, oh, the t- the picks. So, but then uh, I beat you. We both got um, Riddle beating Ono, Tono. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> you decided to just just to be different, go against the grain here, and and uh, not go with uh, uh, War Raiders. And I think you picked uh, 
Alistair Black and Ricochet. Well, here, yeah, you you went. No, no, because you, here's the thing. I'll say in my defense, I was totally off on uh, the War Raiders, but but it's funny because I don't know if you saw when I tweeted you. Once War Raiders won, I realized Gargano and Ciampa were going to win, too, because I yeah. only was going yeah. for uh, the other guys because I thought they might give Undisputed Era all the titles and that would fuel into the DIY thing. But once the War Raiders won, I was like, oh, <laughs> Gargano and Ciampa are winning tonight because um, it just it just there, there, that was my only reason to think that they would. Uh, yeah, now it well, it, it, there is balance. I think three heels won, two baby faces won. So the heels yeah. took that pay-per-view. But yeah, if the if the undisputed era had won and the heels won, then it, yeah, everything means something. So you do look for how things are booked as the card progresses, and you can change your mind as it goes through. Uh, we only get one pick ahead of time, but that's how it goes. Anyway, steak dinner for me. So <laughs> let's explain. Let's talk War Raiders here, and the clip I'm going to cut to between you and Triple H. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, War Raiders obviously came out with this uh, awesome entrance, that not only uh, for their match, but for all of TakeOver. That's how they began TakeOver, right? Was it this huge entrance? <laughs> Wait, side quest here. Uh, I was telling you this on the phone, or was it through text? But either way, I was communicating with you how funny it would be, because the uh, War Raiders Viking entrance took a little while to get going. Yeah. And I thought it would be so funny if it wound up being for Matt Riddle. Right. And, right. And, like, <laughs> after all this... Medieval times, sort of pomp and circumstance, like they like you just hear bro, and then he comes out, takes off a helmet. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, and we've like likening it to Darth Ted and Bill and Ted. (laughs) Yes, Um, but uh, anyway, so it was this big entrance, and it also stuck out to me that it was the only big end. You know, only they were the only ones who had a special entrance on this takeover. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they do that in some takeovers, you know, some people do, some people don't. And so, uh, after takeover, I got to participate in a press conference with triple H, which I believe he does almost after every takeover. Uh, he takes some phone calls and some in person, uh, and there was a group of us there in person. And, uh, and so, uh, having one question to ask, I decided to ask him about sort of, how do you decide, uh, when it's the right time to give someone a big entrance in the way that the war Raiders got at this pay-per-view. All right. And here's that. Uh, audio clip of Eric talking to Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Uh, Eric Oldman from We Enjoy Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you, uh, there was a great entrance tonight for War Raiders. Yeah. And as someone who's had a fair share of big entrances yourself, how do you decide when it's the right time for a certain you know wrestler or wrestlers to get that sort of spotlight entrance like they had tonight? We got a call from a bunch of Vikings. <laughs> said, uh, hey, you guys have any need of some Vikings? We're in town. And uh, like, we're, you know, we're, we're ready to, to war. And uh, I was like, yeah, come on by and bring your gear, you know, helmets and all. Um, you try you try to set up talent to uh, showcase them, to present them in a way that puts eyeballs on them, that makes them more successful, that makes them bigger stars than you know they are if you just had the lights on and they walk through the curtain, right? Um, you try to set the template, set the table, and then let them come out, like I said before, and then it's on them, right? You can put all those bells and whistles. I can lasers and pyro and bands and you can do anything else you want to do. And if they come to the ring and they don't deliver, no one cares. You know, Um, this is just it's it's that little bit of polish. It's that little bit of uh, 
extra shine that just makes it something different and special and hopefully you can do that in a way that comes across as organic in these things and 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 works for everybody and doesn't come across as forced or you know um it's organic to them i can tell you right now if you've ever met either one of them that is them uh i actually they're all friends of theirs and they're actually like really viking dudes that wear that stuff on a regular basis on the weekends and uh yeah so um legitimately we had access to vikings and thought it's a good time to use the vikings yeah let's go with the vikings so we went with it yeah thank you very much if you have access to vikings you use the vikings you know yeah (laughs) so there was um triple h telling eric how we enjoy wrestling is his favorite wrestling podcast right (laughs) yes that's that's exactly what what he was saying yes uh, speaking of We Enjoy Wrestling, uh, we are at uh, on Twitter at WEW Podcast. We have a Facebook group. We have a, a Facebook page. I don't know if it's a group. Page, group, site. Uh, we are on uh, Instagram. And also now, you can get a uh, pro, uh, We Enjoy Wrestling t-shirt. Wear at, us, people. Put your torso inside us at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> we have a shop. It's Basically, I think it's just ProWrestlingTees.com backslash we enjoy wrestling and you'll find it we're gonna add another other one soon i know i think i would like to just have one and i don't know how to brand it necessarily but i still think it would be a fun one just to have one that says i enjoy wrestling maybe not even anything on the back it would just be those who know know you know mm, what i mean mm. yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah because I like it. even people who don't listen to this podcast maybe would like that shirt because it says i enjoy wrestling yes 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 and, they and uh shout Shout out to uh, Amanda Flagg, who designed our logo, which you can see on our T-shirt. Yes, that is a – you'll see one – she did two for us. Some you'll see as the icon on, um, you know, the iTunes po- podcast, mm-hmm. and some are – I use both. I sort of go back and forth with both of them, but that one seemed the best for a T-shirt. So mm-hmm. uh, I have ordered one myself, so I will see – I'm going to – I'll report back <laughs> <laughs> as to how it comes out. Uh, I also ordered, I want a review. <laughs> I also ordered the soft version because I like my shirt shirt soft. Uh, I understand and not and not rough. I don't know what their what their normal how rough these pro wrestling t shirts get. Sometimes they do could you, be. Uh, do you share? I feel like you do. I do you share Trish's uh, issue that the WWE shirts are too rough? Yes, and that's why okay. I don't own a lot of them. And the only ones I do own were I have an Alexa Bliss one and I have an AJ Styles one because they have these sort of washed out vintage style ones that are really yeah. actually actually maybe a little too soft but they're really thin <laughs> style <laughs> right, right. i think they went overboard on the softness but <laughs> yeah and then i have an oscar takeover shirt i love it it's super rawhide you know what i mean so we'll see yeah trish has the same issue there's like a lot of shirts she wants to get but she doesn't like uh, the feel of them um let me throw in a couple more like just tidbits uh mentions of things that came up during the triple h press conference which was um, he was asked about uh, women's tag belts. It was, first, someone directly asked, like, oh, could we see, like, NXT women's tag belts? And he kind of laughed about, you know, we finally just are adding it to the main roster. Now you're already immediately wanting it for NXT. And then he's kind of, you know, we'll see. But then someone asked more specifically, could this new women's tag belts that are being introduced in the main roster be shared? Because it's already going to be two brands. You know, it's already going to be SmackDown and Raw. What about if it could also be something that NXT and NXT UK people could go for and go back and forth? And that he said, you know, we haven't decided anything, but it's he, he, he said something. It basically sounded like it's a consideration. But think uh, about this, too, because did you see the the 
the matches they taped for NXT this week? Did you get there yes. early enough to take over? Okay, so they had Duke and Shafir face uh, basically the team that they call as a team the Sky Pirates. Yeah, EO and Kyrie. Yeah. So they have built-in women's tag teams. They have two right now already in NXT. Yes. And they could do uh, Mia Yim and Dakota Kai or Team Kick or, you know, something like that. Oh, so absolutely. That, that would be amazing if, if it could be something that was tri-branded. And yeah. I also heard, I you know, because I was editing uh, the clip out of the, the whole conference, but I also heard him talk about, and this is news I didn't bring up last week, uh, Abyss and Sanjay Dutt left TNA, uh, left Impact Wrestling, and are now work, going to work behind the scenes in WWE and NXT. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, I would say especially Abyss, who has been with that company since the start, if not since the near the start. He mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. been Impact Wrestling through and through. Do you remember back when IGN was trying its hand at maybe giving us a wrestling podcast and Dan Iverson and I interviewed two TNA wrestlers? Yes. One was AJ Styles and the other was Abyss at the time. And the trouble was it wasn't a wrestling podcast. I mean, IGN should have given me a, a wrestling podcast a long time ago. Uh, right. or Just somebody, at least. They should have done it a long time ago. But these were just interviews. They weren't – it wasn't – Dan and I talking about wrestling, like the way right. we do. It was like just the interview itself. And this was back when Hogan was there and had given Abyss his Hall of Fame ring. Mm-hmm. And poor Abyss had to be on the phone playing up that ring. Like right, it right. was <laughs> like it. they had to play up Hogan's Hall of Fame ring like it was a source of power, mm. like He-Man's sword. Like it was more important than the TNA title itself. Right, right. And that was... Uh, I, I I felt embarrassed for him, but you know that was the storyline at the time, and that's what he had to yeah. do. But yeah, he's a he was ride or die impact, and now he's gonna be uh, behind the scenes. Also interesting to note, uh, HBK at the Takeover pre-show confirming talking about basically you know his backstage role and how active he's been in NXT, mm. and he was and that he was the one who sort of was talking about that rumble that you saw go on after the after takeover went off the air that they showed us later that is leading up to next week's no, not a sun- royal rumble just a, a rumble yeah <laughs> like a rumble a scuffle a, a yes. kerfuffle uh, not an actual rumble that's going to give us a halftime heat show mm-hmm. at the super bowl uh, um three on three tag match which i'll be tuning in for because who wants to watch icky maroon five do you see the spots for that at all no, I did. I did. I, I was I was actually because I'd finally uh, I, I had to go pee finally, but I saw I came back right as that was airing. So I was walking to my seat and saw the Maroon 5 graphic. Yes. Yep. No, but like but with I swear they just took a crowd booing Roman Reigns. They took it's <laughs> like, do you want to see this band? And they show Adam Levine and it's like, boo. That's the lead singer, right? Adam Levine. Yes. OK. And it was like just chorus of boo, like. That's the reception they're going to get at, at the Georgia Dome or something like that. Right. <laughs> like it's just going to come out. Um, by the way, they better play SpongeBob Sweet Victory. or That's the only thing that would get me to not watch Halftime Heat Live is if they sang that song. So, yeah, so he was basically saying that, like, yeah, these are the top guys in the company and we can't have them, you know, have this backstage uh, ruckus like they did. So we're going to give them a Halftime Heat show. And he kind of booked it almost on air. And, you know, it was interesting because, yeah, he wasn't at the Royal Rumble pre-show. He was at the TakeOver pre-show. So he's he's also lending a hand there. Let's t- 
Do you have uh, anything else to say? say uh, well, yeah, no, go ahead. Because, uh, well, two things I'll say. Well, didn't he actually? He's on the Rumble pre-show. Is when he me- announced half. Oh, okay, heat. okay. Am I yeah, mixing yeah. it all up? Uh, but I will say that uh, I saw HBK as I was leaving the Triple H press conference. You're right. We he, w- he was on the Rumble pre-show. I got it completely wrong. Wearing an NXT hat. And shirt. <laughs> and shirt. all NXT geared out. And yeah. underwear. And, and, <laughs> and hogskin boots. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I spotted him backstage as we were leaving. Uh, last thing I was going to say about um, uh, NXT, though, uh, and the press conference was just that it was interesting because – uh, when we were walking uh, after the show, it's this great show, and Champa and Black were a, a strong Champa, match. Champa, 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 Champa. But uh, but Trish was like, "Oh, they should have had Johnny and Ricochet go on last," and you know, because that was you know the highlight. But it was funny because um, someone asked Triple H about like the booking and the order, and and he kind of even said like, you know, he basically said they they knew going in that Johnny and Ricochet would probably steal the show. But that, you know, feeling like you have to respect the titles, like you can't have the North American title go on after the, you know, the champion, the NXT championship. Especially uh, since, uh, especially since Black and Champa have the longer feud, you know, going back to the summer yeah. when he took the belt from him. Uh, yeah. So they even have a, a longer built in storyline. Yeah. And they can get around that, of course, like, you know, uh, Gargano, I'm seeing it right. And Champa. Uh, they went on last in New Orleans by it being with a with no title on with the just line. Just storyline, yeah, because it was unsanctioned. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they 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 had to wait for the rules to turn off. Like they, the, they uh, the, the clock strikes all... ten and the rules are no more. <laughs> they assumed the crowd would all leave because <laughs> yeah. it was unsanctioned. Unsanctioned. <laughs> I only pay for. <laughs> right. I only for... want to see the sanctioned matches. Uh, but yeah, so that was such an interesting thing about uh, you know, how they do want to keep in mind like which title should be on last. Um, anyway, so that was my uh, my takeover experience, and it was great. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's briefly run down Royal Rumble just quickly so we can get to uh, Dean Ambrose news. But uh, did you, you did not get confirmation. You did not get the Royal Rumble burger, burger because it was sold out. <sighs> yeah, Matt. Uh, it was a journey. I will say because again, baseball stadium sort of unique. Uh, so everyone had to kind of come in in the same entrance, and it was it was it was a lot of people. Like it was like you know funneling thousands of people into the same entrances, and so it was uh, quite an ordeal to get through. And the lobby is packed, but we also were hungry and we wanted to get food before we got settled into our seats. And so we're walking around. And I find a place that has burgers, uh, and I'm like, oh, I guess I get a burger here. But they don't have the Royal Rumble burger. And I hear a girl say, oh, I got to find that Royal Rumble burger. And she knows exactly where it is. 
So uh, I'm like, oh, Trish, I want to get this. So we follow her. <laughs> and but then we, when we get there right behind her, she's like, oh, my God, it's sold out. And sure enough, they have put a sold out sign over the Royal Rumble burger. So this was like, you know, th- this was the pre-show matches were happening. That, that Royal, Royal Rumble, they did not have enough Royal Rumble burgers ready. <laughs> I, well, since it was a ballpark, I thought maybe the someone would be walking the stands with a big bin of them. Like, <laughs> get your did monster you burger. Yeah. And just those uh, can't even stack them <laughs> mac, mac and cheese wedges. Just he'd have to have them separately in his pocket, <laughs> and, like just hand them to you as after he gave you a burger. Uh, I'll tell you who got the last Royal Rumble burger. It's Daniel Bryan because he used one for a promo during the pre-show. You know, stomping it on the ground. You know, that's how he. I could have had that burger, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. It didn't look uh, just as you would expect. It doesn't look as impressive as or as. As much like a Predaking or a Devastator in real life as it, you know, when he's holding it, it looked a little more manageable and shrunken than in the, the photo, the prepped photo that they put out. Right. But it still looked ridiculous. It still looked like, you know, when you get a burger and then you get a side, you know, fries yeah. usually, or if you're at Sonic, you get tater tots or whatever. It just looks like somebody took a giant burger that's already too complicated and stapled the side to the top of it. Right, you know, right. like just to give you, it's like, are you eating this in the car or are you saving it for home? It's like, oh, in the car, okay. And then they sort of glue all everything together. Um, <laughs> Royal Rumble, let's talk about, we were just talking about how takeovers are booked, but let's talk about how Royal Rumble was booked because mm-hmm. it was booked very specifically for a Becky Lynch journey. And yes. so this is the only, second year in a row, they've only done it twice now, where they've had the Royal Rumble pay-per-view has had two Royal Rumble matches. And you would still think, given how you elimination chambers work or hell in a cells work, that one opens the show and one closes the show. Right. Just to give some distance between these two giant matches. And these are long matches, too. Yeah, these, they're hour plus. It's not even like there's a cage or something elaborate that it could go 20 minutes. These are long matches. So you'd think one would open the show, but because they needed that Becky Lynch journey, I would argue they should have swapped everything around a little bit had that women's one closed the show again a hundred percent watching that what actually happened i didn't need the women's one to close it because you know it has to it doesn't have to uh, now that they've done it uh but the story they were telling what happened with becky what was going to get the biggest pop um and I think, yeah, like like what you're saying, they could have opened with the men's rumble, gone uh, and then had maybe you want to have one cool down match, and then you could have done Becky uh, Oscar after that. There still would have been plenty of time, you know. Yeah, for her uh, to come back, and yeah, definitely the biggest pop of the night. So much so that it adversely affected the Daniel Bryan uh, AJ Styles match. Yes, which was sort of slow going, and you kind of do have to pick at these long pay per views. You got to pick your breaks. You got to pick. When you're gonna go to the bathroom or get something else to eat, and it's and just everyone went to the bathroom after the R- women's Royal Rumble because we've been watching well, not not just an hour plus Royal Rumble, but then there have been matches before that. Uh, so it was like one of those things. Trish actually got up to go to the bathroom, then came back and told me, "Don't go to the bathroom right now because the lines are too insane." And I actually yeah. waited uh, until at the end of that match. So uh, DRL, uh, no real name here or no real real picture, but he he tweeted at us. Uh, a question. I'll read a couple emails in a sec too, but he said, would anyone object to having intermissions for pay-per-views over four hours? Could uh, this uh, DRL could have done, stood for it for the Royal Rumble after the Women's Rumble. Uh, Then they have it at WrestleMania after the Brock Rollins match. 
it creates a double main event as well, the first half and the second half. I would say, man, it's hard to to I don't think I could I I don't think I could stand anything that would just make these pay-per-views longer. Yeah. Also, I understand where you're coming from, DRL, but I, I don't think I could stand a longer pay-per-view. And I also don't think that any stadium at any of these big pay-per-views could stand for a designated time for everyone to go to the bathroom. No. It, no. it, it just can't facilitate that. Even a Raw or SmackDown, if you've got 15,000 yeah. people, can't sustain that. You These shows can only really work if most people kind of pick and choose when they're going to go to the bathroom, but not everyone. You yeah. know, not a designated like stand up and stretch and go out into the the uh, lobby time. Mm-hmm. I, that would just cause chaos. I think the one thing that the that WrestleMania does that no not, no other events do, including the Rumble, are have a musical act or two. Yes, uh, and, and then also like here's all the Hall of Fame winners, and so those moments do provide a little bit of that. You know, I still think though that you you do need those. Something still needs to be happening out there, they, whether no, it's a match not, or a promo or anything. Quiet. It can't be like a play. Uh, yeah. Or even 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 uh, NXT uh, the house shows do this. They do do like a ten minute but the, break, but that's, but that's such a different thing. That's yeah. a small crowd. That, that exactly that they can handle that. Um, yep. So let's talk before I get into these emails. I want to talk uh, Dean Ambrose. What are your? Well, do we want to say anything? Should we say anything else about the Rumble? Like uh, any before we go into the I, Ambrose I mean, stuff? I really enjoyed the Rumble. I think the Women's Royal Rumble suffered a little bit until the final fifteen minutes. This is just mm-hmm. my opinion. I don't think it was a very strong Rumble until the 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 end game for that time. And I think that it it's because the men's rum the men's roster has a more fleshed out roster with more people having more people you see all the time. And more people who have active storylines mm-hmm. and feuds. And women's division doesn't have that. It just doesn't. And you're lucky if you have two women's storylines going on on a brand. Right, right. And so you get a lot of people in there who don't have any sort of business and then, you know, fighting each other or any particular beef with each other. I mean, it opens up opportunities definitely because we got a, a, a Zelina Vegas, Candice LeRae. NXT standoff. Yes. In the middle yes. of that. And that's be, that, I mean, it's awesome, but it also speaks to the fact that, yeah, they really do have to dive into NXT to find uh, beef between some of these people and the ring. And then some of it was, there, some of it was a little sloppy. There were some mess ups. Uh, I think they overused Tamina Snuka a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it picked up at the end. I thought the men's rumble was, was a lot of fun. It, it was, it was actually also not as long as the female Royal rumble. Mm-hmm. Went by a lot quicker, and I think I don't know if I don't even know if they were fudging with the ninety seconds between <laughs> people coming out. I don't know if they were if they were changing that to a minute just right, to, right. to rush through it a little faster. The Brock Lesnar Finn Balor match was good, but I it, I don't think it wasn't what I necessarily wanted it to be, but it was kind of what I expected it to be. Brock sold for Finn really well. He did. I just, I think we need to, everyone needs to take a step back and figure out a way to make, if it is indeed going to happen, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar feel different than Brock Lesnar versus Tiny Guy. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen Daniel Bryan, we've seen Finn Balor now. Obviously, I'd much rather see him face a tiny guy than a big guy. He works a lot better with the smaller, quicker, athletic people. He does, for sure. But they do need to make a way to make it feel like 
we're not going through the same steps. So it's like, oh, here's a flurry from the little guy. Oh, and here's the mauling for this long. And then they have another flurry from, you know. Uh, so uh, they have a, a little bit of a challenge going forward. The fact that Seth Rollins is still super over helps. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. do you have to say? Uh, I, I echo a lot of what you say. Um, it's funny because I loved uh, how many of the NXT women uh, showed up into the Rumble. Uh, and some of them were legit surprises. You know, it was interesting to me that they included um, uh, Casey Catanzaro. And then I'm not going to say her name right. The Chinese wrestler Zaili. 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 Um, yeah, I think that's it. Only because I haven't seen them yet. I might have missed them, but I haven't seen either of them on regular NXT. I've seen them on the uh, Mae Young Classic, but yeah, they haven't been like on the show yet. I think Casey uh, maybe has done NXT live events. She but, has. She has. Okay. Yeah. But so that was interesting. Uh, I understand um, that her celebrity actually, you know, there are people who know her from American Ninja Warrior who don't even know her from wrestling. Uh, so uh, and she had a great moment. I mean, you know, because she is uh, it's so funny that she's dating Ricochet and she's like the female Ricochet and she got to show her, uh, you know, crazy, uh, crazy save talent there. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. Someone tweeted me because when I tweeted about how much I like seeing the NXT people, someone said, yeah, but it's it's really pointing out the deficiencies in the women's roster WWE has to work on. And I was like, yes, true. And what you're saying, Matt, of hundred percent, because we've talked about this now, they definitely need to give them more storylines. I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to get the 50, 50 parody and like the numbers game, but they just need to have more storylines and more things so that, yeah, there's more to call upon uh, when they're all in the ring together. But I will say that my one counterpoint to the guy who said that to me is all those women WWE is hired. I mean, they're all under, you know, they're all in NXT, but obviously the plan is for them to all to come to WWE if things work out eventually. Uh, so it's not like they're not actively, you know, developing a lot of female talent. Um, the other thing I'll say is, uh, cause it was that, that Zelina Candace moment was great, but again, yes, interesting that they were like diving into stuff that, you know, you have to assume people watching at home. A lot of them don't even know that history at all. Cause they don't even know Candace yet. Um, if they're not watching NXT, but uh, comedic spots in the Rumble, I'm totally okay with. I think you actually have to do them in an hour-plus match. And I, I, I enjoyed the No Way Jose, uh, ri- you know, ridiculous for, for what it was. Um, but it did it did bug me, and I saw you pointed this out in your live blog, like the uh, Zelina hiding under the ring thing. Um, it's always like, is it the right person at the right time? So Alicia Fox and Maria doing their whole thing was super cringy, but you know what? Alicia Fox's whole thing is she's cringy. So even though I didn't really like it, it didn't like (laughs) your gimmick is you make people uncomfortable and kind (laughs) of want to look away because of your tantrums. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Whereas Zelina, it was like, Oh, that kind of sucks because she just had a big moment with Candace. Like she was in her face, but now they're going to make her like cowardly and comical in the same match. Uh, so and the camera was... cut to her too, way too many times. It's like we get it, we understand. She's sort of snidely, yeah. she's snidely whiplashing, mustache right. twirling under the ring. Like, hey, it, it. All they needed was for her to like rub her hands together, like right. or like rub her little fingertips together, like a a scheming uh, raccoon or something like that. And, and it was all leading up to the hornswoggle moment. Uh, but yeah, they did that a little too much. We um, should, bet... yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, we should talk about Nia Jax in the Men's Rumble, which could lead us into Dean Ambrose on Raw, too. Yeah. Uh, Before that, I just want to say that, yeah, um, because I, you know, my my griping about the entrance, the lack of visual entrance to the side, I had a great time at the Rumble. It was super fun. Um, And I will say that, you know, even though we saw it coming, you know, sometimes, you know, giving us what we want, we've talked about this, is can be a good thing. You don't want to always do it, but it's a good thing. And so Becky coming out when she did, 
and the way they worked it with, you know, uh, you know, convincing him to let her wrestle and then they hit her music. I was like, that was a chills moment. Like that was, but like watching it at home too, like seeing the crowd pop for fit Finley waving her to the ring. She's arguing with him. She's like, let me in, let me in. All he does is a hand gesture. He like takes both his hands, waves her to the ring, biggest pop of his career. And I love fit Finley. (laughs) Uh, But that was a huge moment as was her win at the end. So that, that was all really well done. It was. Yeah. And uh, who faces Asuka now? That's another question. Should it be Charlotte? Is there anyone else on SmackDown? Could it be Nikki Cross? Or do they do the thing which is still apparently the plan of adding Charlotte to Becky versus Ronda, which I am moderately for because I like Charlotte, but mostly against because it's a repeat of what happened at SummerSlam. It's a repeat of like her getting into Becky Lynch's already established title match and we went through that, those beats already, and Becky Lynch beat Charlotte two pay-per-views in a row, or beat her two pay-per-views, uh, lost by a DQ, one in, in between them, I think, at the Super Showdown, and then beat her at the Rumble. So yeah. it's not like Becky Lynch, it's not like Charlotte Flair needs this type of comeuppance again. No, and I was, yeah, I, I, again, yeah, I wouldn't be, like, angry about it, but now, coming out of this weekend, coming out of, you know, Everything with Becky being like hotter than she ever has been. Now I'm like, okay, they they shouldn't do it. Like it just, you know, it just because look at the energy. And of course it was amped up because it was like the crazy sort of international post Aurora Rumble crowd. But still like the energy with Ronda and, and Becky facing off right now, uh, it's not needed. And so while it wouldn't be like, what the hell is Charlotte doing there? It just feels like it would be, yeah, it, it's just an unnecessary element at this point if she was part of it. Uh, kayfabe-wise, uh, Nia Jax, and, okay, so non-kayfabe-wise, Nia Jax entering the men's rumble, taking out our truth was fun. I thought it led to a lot of fun moments. It led to, yep. uh, basically, WWE's first dabbling in full intergender wrestling in a long while, uh, yeah. on sort of a serious level, because she actually... Yeah, because Ellsworth it, got, like, too, like, comical... Yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, but yeah. they've also had women in the rumble in the past, like Beth yes. Phoenix or Karma, um, from, you China. know, Awesome Kong, stuff like that. So... It's, it's, uh, and she actually also eliminated Mustafa Ali, who sort of had a standout rumble. You know, they're giving him a lot. He lasted a long time. And so it was a, it was a notable elimination as well. And he eliminated, uh, Joe and one other big person I'm forgetting about, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Shinsuke. Yeah. So it was, it's interesting to see that. And then her, she took basically, I, I would guess three finishers or three <laughs> big moves, you know, yes. including RKO, 619, super kick. Kayfabe-wise, I don't know how it quite works now that they actually do have a women's rumble. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can a woman enter the rumble legitimately? Because whenever I was talking about Becky Lynch entering that rumble, it wasn't for real. Mm-hmm. My idea was that Becky Lynch goes in the rumble and throws people out symbolically. Mm-hmm. Only because, like, if there were still if there was still only one rumble and not a women's royal rumble, then yes, anyone should be able to enter. But now that there are actually two separate ones... I don't know how it necessarily works. All in all, it was still a fun moment. Uh, it let it. It was kind of gr- gross on SmackDown, though. You know, Daniel Bryan had his whole sustainable belt thing, which was genius. And talking, he's literally wearing. A, he's being booed while wearing a shirt that says like "No racism, no misogyny, no like all these like really <laughs> right. positive, amazing messages." And talking about like trying to save the Earth and trying, you know, the the cow who gave her life for the the leather title, but. 
<laughs> and then Randy Orton, like everyone in the ring at the end talking, you know, building up for the elimination match that was going to be elimination chamber match that was going to be announced. Mustafa Ali came out and Randy Orton's like, weren't you getting your ass kicked by a girl last or two nights ago? I and hated like, that. Oh, uh, he's so, ugh. I, I hated everything about that because he's he also, such a walking tribal tat. It's gross. also, and, and it's definitely colored by what we hear about him backstage, but he completely like walked all over Ali. Get, Ali didn't get to say anything like, and I'm like, this feels like Randy being Randy, you know, like the fact that Ali got cut off immediately when everyone else got to say something. And so it felt like a little bit of that hazing, like, you know, you're, you're the kid here. But then also, also that immediately is like, you got beat by a girl. It's like, uh, so like, yeah. Come on, like this is, and, this, and not only because Nia Jax is being booked to be this like, monster and credible threat, but it's like we had Ronda, like she's beating up Triple H and like and Bun- and Kurt Angle and refs and stuff. It's just, yeah, it just it, it was felt like a big backstep yeah, for it's, him. It's that. a big gag me with a spoon moment. The uh, Nia Jax uh, got into a tussle with Dean Ambrose yes. on Raw. Right as Dean Ambrose was about to sit down and try to talk to us about something serious. So he's had a sit down. He's like, hey, guys, don't be jerks. I got something to say. So the news came out. It was rumors at first. Dean Ambrose wants out of WWE. Uh, when it, I don't know if WrestleMania would be his last match, if he's still being booked at that point, or if it just expires in April at some point. I think it's it would have to be expiring after WrestleMania. I don't know why anybody would have their contract before WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't think WWE would do that. A lot of rumors going around. Is he going to AEW? Is he just done? Is he burned out? Reports that he doesn't like the direction of his character. Can't say we blame him. He doesn't like quote unquote hokey shit and is just done. He seems like somebody who money is not important to him and he could just walk away if he wanted to. He might be just want a break from wrestling or be done with it forever. Yeah. Could be doing a CM Punk, but in a more honorable way because he's not just <clears throat> walking out on the company. But is this real now? So with all this, this actually went up on WWE's website dot uh, com and they confirmed it. They put out a press statement saying like this dude's gone. We hope, you know, best of luck in his future endeavors. We hope one day Dean Ambrose will return to us like as the character name because they gave his real name too. And they haven't done bullshit on the website in a while. They haven't actually made up a fake story in a long time. You know, most notoriously was the one when they were like Jeff Hardy yeah, in a car accident. I can't remember the details, but they really played up uh, a fake injury on Jeff Hardy like he was in a real life wreck. Right, and right. And that got them a lot of heat back in. And this was still like almost a decade ago. So, you know, they haven't done it in a while. This isn't as, you know horrible if this is all a lie this if this is all sort of a work it's just one of those things and i think that's why i latch on to that living color lyric so so much when on this podcast that everything is possible but nothing is real right with, with regards to wrestling not just because living color sinks cults of personality mm-hmm. and are also an excellent band remember how much they rocked when we were coming up eric <laughs> i do remember it but is this part of a storyline like they were going to have Dean announce something. They they literally set it up as a segment. And then are they just going to bury him until WrestleMania? Is that the idea that, you know, Alistair Black, he got eliminated by an NXT player, granted an NXT main eventer. And then he got sort of shown up by um, Nia Jax on Raw. He lost clean to Seth. That's fine. But is he just going to be a um, in the uh, carnival dunking chair until WrestleMania? Yeah. It, or is this actually the storyline 
that he's going in. Will he actually ever get to sit down and tell us he's leaving? I don't know. It's very, it's very confusing. I'm, I'm, is, right now, I'm taking it at face value. Me too. With, with that, like maybe they're maybe they're trying to convince you know because it, it's just a little odd you know that to have the announcement ahead of time that he's leaving is a little strange. And then you do wonder, like, yeah, are they trying to pivot this into a storyline if they can convince him to stay? You know, it reminds me of CM Punk, not when CM Punk actually left, but when CM Punk's contract was up and they turned that into a storyline, you know, um, with with him, you know, winning the title and but he's not signed and all. Um, And in this case, it's like, yeah, it's like I feel like he's probably really leaving. Uh, but yeah, they, it's like, there's that little wiggle room and now that they've announced it, you know, they can turn it whatever way they want to. So, I mean, if he goes to AEW, that would be amazing. It would also alleviate the burden off Renee of having to <laughs> explain the actions of her husband's week in and week out. <laughs> yes, it would very much so. But yeah, we don't know what the plans are. We don't know how real this is right now. We're just both treating it like it's an actual news story since WWE put it up on their website and... How they choose to address it on TV, we'll just have to see going forward. The um... right, I guess that's the biggest thing is now that they've said it, they can't ignore it. Like, you know, oh no, they... no, they can't. Yeah, they can't ignore it, and they actually will have to probably call back to and make him try to sit down and talk to the crowd again. Yes. A uh, few emails before we get into Daniel Bryan here. Uh, Christoph Maxi writes in. Christoph from Arkansas. I've been a fan and follower of the wrap up. Uh, and through channel surfing. So both of those things. Thanks for the podcast. I hope it will continue for a long time. I feel like we're friends, even though we've never met. The only one thing I want to say uh, about the Rumble is that it felt like the production really struggled. Particularly during the Women's Rumble match, it felt like they could never decide what to show on the screen. And the cam- camera shots uh, popped around like crazy. I think they let too many competitors stack up and entrances were happening while big spots happened. And it felt really clunky. Uh, otherwise, I enjoyed the show, even if I needed an extra cup of coffee at work the next day or two. Thank you, Christoph from Arkansas. Uh, the Yeah, I think we were talking about that. The camera stuff was weird. It was also weird how someone was, uh, in both the Rumbles, people would get eliminated right as the buzzer went off. Yeah. Like right when somebody new was coming out, someone would be eliminated. And they could be like a, a lesser person or a, a big name. And they would just be, and the announcer would be like, oh, and so-and-so's gone, but here comes, you know. Yeah, that definitely was happening. There were there were some people that I did not realize had been eliminated. Like Candace, actually, I was like, I didn't. I was like, wait, where is she? And then it was like only you know watching it at home. I was like, oh, okay, there's where she gets eliminated. So uh, then a a second email, also from Arkansas, by the way. Uh, We are sons of Arkansas, apparently, Eric. Mm. Arkansas's favorite podcast. There should be a there's a, a tag team at on Impact called OVE Ohio versus everything and mm-hmm. there should be Arkansas versus everything. By the way, my brother lives in Arkansas in Bella Vista. This is Brandon from Arkansas. Brandon from Paragold, Arkansas, northeast corner. Uh, Bella Vista is in the northwest corner, so I guess not too far, but not too close. My brother is from you, Brandon, and I'm finally finally sitting down to write, uh, sitting down and emailing you guys. As the subject line says, and his subject line is, this is my favorite podcast. This is my favorite podcast and the only one I make an effort uh, to stay current with. Well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you very much. While losing the wrestling rap ad on IGN sucked, knee lift, this podcast certainly fills the void left behind. Thanks for all you guys do. I think it would be pretty cool if you guys started doing a hot take feature like sports talk shows often do. They do it uh, <laughs> to voice controversial or unpopular opinions and then the dialogue that follows is usually very entertaining. Here, easy, I'll start. Hot take. 
Undisputed Era on NXT is overrated and just a glorified love child between the NWO and DX. Uh, this next hot take can actually talk us, Brandon's second hot take can talk take us into Daniel Bryan. Because his hot take, he says, Daniel Bryan is a hypocrite as a vegan until he ditches the leather championship belt for ah. a fine organic hemp blend version that's decorated and repurposed with jewelry from the Goodwill store. So, Brandon, uh, he this was... Uh, like five days ago or so he sent this wow. in. So he was ahead of the curve on this one he as far very as... very ahead of it, yeah. But yeah, so this week on uh, SmackDown, amazing, amazing segment. It was. It, it was really so was. good. It, and I am torn, again, both sides Fowler here, because I really want, and uh, whether it's a uh, the Planetary Championship, the Sustainer Belt, the... Uh, Hempianship. I don't know what you want to call this title, this uh, title belt. I really wanted them to sell it at WWEshop.com. <laughs> the trouble is, you know, the reason why those those actual regular championship belts or the replica ones are pretty damn expensive. Yeah. I feel like this one, though, everyone would have this because it would be pretty affordable. And then you would just have a sea of these things flopping around <laughs> in the crowds for better or worse. Uh, it's special because Daniel Bryan has it. It's less special when everyone in an arena will have it because it's actually probably only 60 bucks. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm torn between them selling it and not. <laughs> so I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, I think they got to. I mean, <laughs> but uh, then, <laughs> and then everyone will have it and everyone's going to be hitting each other with it. Well, they should do be that. <laughs> Bedlam and Bacchanalia all over. <laughs> uh i'm pro selling it uh, yeah it was a great segment um and uh yeah what was the name of the person who just wrote into us brandon brandon so a amazing job of seeing the future uh completely um i disagree with you on undisputed era i mean yes of course you can say that they echo previous stables like that it's kind of the like you know there's nothing there's no new stories to tell just new ways to tell them um and so at the end of the day, yeah, it's not like they it's not like they have some like amazing new uh, idea of what a stable is or what their, you know, what their purpose is. Uh, but they're very talented guys. Um, and it, it's worth, you know, of course, it's like packaging is everything. Their music is great uh, and it helps a lot. Uh, there's, you know, Adam Cole is, of course, the sort of star of the show. He's got a lot of charisma. But, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed uh, when I see the other guys do their tag matches as well. So. Um, I don't think they're overrated, uh, and uh, I am curious to see what will happen when I, I would be shocked if they don't bring them up all together onto the main roster. But um, yeah, who knows? Because Adam Cole is sort of his own thing at the same time. So I uh, I think I was once with you, Brandon. I think you know. I think I maybe even talked about it on this podcast, or maybe not. Maybe just offline. I wasn't into them at first, and they've mm -hmm. grown on me. So mm -hmm. I think I once maybe was able to see Brandon's point. But I think their hard work and their great matches have sort of won me over, uh, it, even though they're not original and their promos. They're just kind of a bunch of sort of fratty douchebags, uh, <laughs> cocky heels, you know, who use the numbers game. It's nothing new, but I think they won me over. I think the, the when Roderick Strong filled in for Fish and sort of turned on them and, and took the titles, I think that's when I sort of also turned a corner me and, too. Start, and started appreciating them a lot more. And when uh, Kyle O'Reilly, the air guitar on the belt, uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's <laughs> that, real. That didn't somehow make its way into 2K19. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I did like the person that tweeted us with uh, no more air guitar belt sad face after they lost. The <laughs> that's like that's that should be like their main motivation to get the belts back. Yeah. So like, he can play. Like, what's he going to do? Play now? Like, he has like play, Kyle's all despondent. He has to play Bobby Fish. He has to hold him sideways <laughs> and play him to the ring. Right. It's not the same. So right now, Daniel Bryan has Rowan with him. He's just going by the the one name now. Uh, I. I'm assuming this spells the end for the official packaging, the Bludgeon Brothers packaging. Although, and by the way, it has Bludgeon Brothers. They they were down to one name too, which I don't like, but whatever. Yeah, and then it was so funny at the Rumble, and I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who called this, but as soon as Rowan walked out, first of all, even if he hadn't, you could sort of guess he was going to be there to be heel because sure. he's mostly been heel. He had a brief run as a babyface. didn't work out. And... For also for anyone wondering how this Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles match was going to end, like how is Bryan just going to beat him clean again because he did last pay per view. So it's like, oh, this is the big bodyguard coming out to help him. But the fact that he was wearing a flannel was like, is is sort of Chekhov's flannel as far as like now that just sort of symbolized eco heel, right? Right. <laughs> it's all you need to do to prove that you're on Daniel Bryan's team is to sort of have a beard and have a flannel on, and you are now uh, a renegade woodsman that's desperately trying to who reads Chaucer at Chaucer night and is trying, my notes. <laughs> and is trying to uh, prevent our world and our future generations from living in a scenario from the road. <laughs> the road, boo. Yeah. So now everyone's going nuts, and it's it's really fun because first of all. Is Harper going to join this gang? He's had yeah. wrist surgery. I don't know when he's actually due back. Secondly, is Bray Wyatt going to return as a baby face and fight this new Wyatt faction, right, <laughs> now right. led by Daniel O'Brien, fulfilling the prof- the prophecy of you know years ago when Daniel O'Brien was briefly captivated and controlled by the Wyatt family for like two Very weeks. Very briefly, yeah. And then I started thinking, Eric, what if Daniel Bryan never left the Wyatt family right. this whole time, this even through his retirement? What if he's been a, a sleeper agent this yeah, whole time? Yeah, he's been a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. Because it was such a brief tenure with them. It was such a brief stint that it's almost like they got him out quick just so that he could go back and uh, reassimilate himself a lot so quickly. It's like he never left, right? Right, right. But he's really been indoctrinated this entire time. And the, the, <laughs> And the new Daniel Bryan has been Daniel Bryan all along. And then I sort of creep myself out in the same way I do when I think about that old Matty Pryor panel. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't know if we need to explain. We probably already have on this podcast. But <laughs> Avengers Annual 10, people. <laughs> Go read it. It'll change everything. And yeah, so yeah, so then I, I'm thinking Bray versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Like that's what that's what I've got in my head right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, I did, I've been wondering, it's funny it, it, Funny that this was the week that well, Rowan came out, because I was like, I knew Harper was out injured, but I was like, is Rowan just wrestling, but we're not seeing him? And then I was like, where they is were both in, They were both injured. They were both injured, okay, but and then what about Bray Wyatt? Because, you know, obviously, he, Hardy, no, he Matt Hardy kind of semi-retired, but then it just he, seemed like Bray just, dissipated. Yeah, he just took time away, I think. I don't okay. think he was injured. I mean, maybe, okay. maybe he was, who knows? Who knows? Everything is possible, but you know how the rest goes. I do. Um, then we'll just uh, we'll we'll sign off here soon. We'll just talk about. Um, did you feel like I did, Eric? Bringing out is George Miz's dad. I believe so. 
bringing out George Mazanin for that segment that that segment needed Coral. Oh, did you see me tweet that? No. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> All right, that's okay. Really so funny. there's that. So you do agree with me? Okay. I yes, last night because I was watching it last night and I tweeted something like. I'm catching up on SmackDown, and now that there's this whole bit with Shane and Miz and Miz's dad, I feel like we finally need Coral to come out here. And then I put in parentheses, probably to a turn on Miz. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I felt absolutely like we needed Coral. Yeah, I had to... Um, I feel like... Have we talked about Miz's background on the podcast, Eric? I, I, At least a little, I, but... I, uh, I feel like I need to defer to you for anything involving memory because you know how yeah. that works. You, you're the memorizer. I don't know if we've gotten that. I mean, of course, we've mentioned in passing that he was on the real world, but I don't know. And we talked about Coral. I mean, that's like, I we talked about his dad. We talked about the fact that his dad, like being a racist who yeah. he had to base. We, uh, we uh, did uh, talk about Coral, I think, tangentially because we talked about how she was like a big part of kind of like opening up this young man's eyes to – you know, the world away from what he'd been raised with. Yeah, because I was tweeting with uh, Lindsay Kelk, who's a huge wrestling fan, also on Tights and Fights, and she's not from America. She's from England. So yeah, I do wonder, again, it's one of those things where we, you know, we explain the Hulu cut because, yeah, uh, you know, a solid 30% of our listeners are outside of the U.S. So The Miz comes, before Miz was a wrestler, he was on uh, a series of reality shows. It started with uh, MTV's Real World, the 10th season called Return to New York. And he was a sort of a standout, member of that season especially his arc of, and he because he was like 20 he was very young he had to it's notable because he had to sort of overcome some bigotry that he had some personal prejudices that he was raised with because of his father yeah and by meeting a diverse ethnic group of people like one what one does on real world when especially when you're from the midwest and you sort of come into the household filled with a bunch of different diverse people you know, he, he learned to overcome that. You know, he learned to be a better person out of it. And then he and Coral became really close friends for a while. Then Miz went on to do a bunch of challenge reality shows. It was like Real World, Road Rules, which was another yeah. reality show challenge where they would face off on a season's worth of sort of dex- physical dexterity and mental dexterity contests. And there would be a winner. He, he literally won it for his team. I think it was Battle of the Sexes mm-hmm. uh, the first time he did it around. And then... Uh, his season of Real World is also notable because that's when The Miz debuted. He, when he, uh, Mike would get drunk, he, being a huge wrestling fan, he would act kind of like The Rock. Yeah. And But he would call himself The Miz because of his last name, and that's where that started. Anyway, brief history of The Miz and reality TV and racism. But so, because also because him and Coral, because Coral, you know, who uh, I say older, but she's probably just like a couple years older than him, but, you know, the, uh, you know she, she was this black woman who... At first, they were just fighting all the time, but then, you know, it was like a nice reality show story as far as, like, they developed a true friendship. She kind of talked to him about her experiences and where she was coming from, helped him see some of the prejudices he was raised with, and then and their friendship. I think we even saw them together in a couple of those challenges, too. Yes, yes. So it was like a continuing thing. Um, and when he became a wrestler, a lot of us joked that Coral should be with him at the time. We're like, oh, she should be his. When he was champion, manager. I was still asking him about Coral. Right. You know, right. that's how you know, that's how that's how uh, fresh the Coral thing was. Right. So real quickly running through. <clears throat> sorry, I'm only 88 mm. percent. Um, I'm not 100 percent better, but I started getting out of the sick woods this week at, at the beginning of this week. The um, they turned. Elias heel again 
and Rusev. I was going to bring up what a weird thing was moved him, people just walking out and being heels again. They moved him and Shinsuke seemingly completely out of the U.S. title picture instantly by having them both lose now that there's no more automatic rematches mm-hmm. per the fresh start. Now they're just going to feud with Anderson and Gallows, it seems, as a tag team. So I yeah. don't know what, what the future has in store for our truth but I don't think it's going to be fighting Shinsuke and Rusev much more. Uh, our truth by the way, 47 years old. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Revival beat Hawkins and Ryder. I don't think you probably saw that on the Hulu I did cut. because I actually watched some of Raw uh, live. Oh, I so watched, like, oh, half half. okay. Yeah. So you saw them misspell Zack Ryder's name when he came out? I'd seen it on Twitter beforehand, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> then uh Oh, yeah, the the booze for Ronda Rousey, the most booze she's ever gotten yeah. since she's started. In and WWE. it was already, you know, because at I, I tweeted out how it was the most booze she'd gotten at Royal Rumble, like versus Sasha, which made sense. It's like with like a very amped up crowd like that, international fans, Sasha kind of finally coming back into doing a bigger thing. Um, and there's a lot of love for her. So it was like, okay, I was like, wow, this is the most booze I've heard Ronda get. But then nuclear booze once it was her and Becky actually facing Yeah, because who was she facing before Sasha Banks? She was facing heel Nikki Bella. She was facing Nia Jax. You know, right, right. <clears throat> established heels, people are ready to boo uh, at, while they were leaning towards still wanting Ronda to really succeed and do well in WWE. But now that she's actually going up against horsewomen, uh, mm-hmm. even with Charlotte, I don't think it was like that. But Sasha was sort of the tipping point. But yeah. yeah, they really threw her and her promo. She couldn't. She even she even broke character, quote unquote, yeah. because she was like, "All right, you guys made me stutter and stumble here, ha ha ha." And it's re- she, man, she when they do it to her, she just smiles like really uncomfortably smiles, and it really threw her. And I think it also affected the Bailey match for the first half of it. Yeah, I think she was still gathering her footing here. I don't know. I can't speak to her UFC career at all. I do know that I've seen some people writing about how she she kind of doesn't like being disliked by the fans, even if she's supposed to be. Right, right. She's not heel right now, so I don't know how she's actually taking it. Like, mm-hmm. if she were playing a heel character, she'd have to get used to that. But just being herself, supposedly Rose, Ronda Rousey as herself, getting booze, it, it's going to – that she's going to have to – really get used to that because yeah, yeah i just feel like uh i feel like she's you know I, i've been really impressed by her overall right you know it's like you know she came in last year all like all eyes on her i think she's done a very good job you know we've talked about how uh and she's gotten better very quickly you know it's like she went from kind of like you know no selling to being very good at selling uh she's you know very technically proficient of course she can look credibly tough because she is credibly tough um, Mike's skills not great, but they've gotten better. Uh, but yeah, uh, clearly very rattled by, and, and, and it's, it, of course it's going to, those, those kind of car crowds can throw you. And even if you're a seasoned pro, it'll throw you a little bit when it's just so, you know, those post mania and now this year post rumble crowds that are just like in a different area and they can get annoying. Of course they can, you know, um, they can kind of like, uh, you know, cross a line, but at the same time, it's going to be her, part of her job to deal with that, to roll with it. Uh, and so I hope she can. Because, you know, on one hand, I, I do feel sympathetic to the fact that kind of sucks that she's just getting booed for not being Becky. It's it's not like Brock where there's like a lot of like 
resentment at this point about how he barely shows up and basically we know he doesn't give a shit you know um with her it's like no it's like i feel like her her investment is real she's shown that she's willing to put in the time uh but at the same time uh she's facing off with someone who just you know that's everyone's gonna boo you because you're not her and on one hand that kind of sucks on the other hand you have to deal with it and hopefully she's getting roman yeah she's getting the roman reigns treatment and sort of really quickly for her it's not like Mm -hmm. it was slowly building up it just that the tide turned very fast, and right, because right. it's the road to WrestleMania, it's a different crowd. We'll see how these, um, we'll see how next week's TV tapings go because everyone will have flown home. So we'll see, we'll see yeah. how the, the crowds going forward uh, treat her. Also, by the way, uh, it was interesting for me that because we're always wondering if they'll pull the trigger on the horsewoman versus horsewoman thing. So it's funny to me that when she and Sasha had their face off at the end, well, you know, first she tried to shake Sasha's hand. And then Sasha kind of gave her attitude instead, and Sasha threw up the four horsewomen sign. Right. Um, and it was funny because I actually was pretty sure when when Becky's music hit and Bailey was still standing in the ring with Rhonda, I thought, okay, well, Bailey's going to get out of there, but maybe they'll walk past each other and Bailey will give her the four horsewomen. She didn't, but I guess people caught on TV. Becky did throw it to, to Bailey. It just wasn't a TV moment. It was something that Becky probably just did, you know. Oh, really cool. Did. Yeah, that's so cool. It wasn't like a featured thing. So, but because I, I did, I did think it was cool that she did it, but I did think I, I thought that I, I was a little surprised they didn't make it a moment, a uh, purposeful moment. It all, just, that all feels like far away at this point. I, so. I, I agree. I agree. But it's just uh, it's like one of those things you almost want to be like. Uh, but it, I guess mostly because it was coming off Sasha doing it the night before. Maybe that's enough for now because, again, it will be back burner. The, uh, um, right as the they cut away from the final moments of the Sasha-Ronda match at the Royal Rumble, Sasha had a look in her eye like she was – she'd shaken her hand. She was like, yeah, you know, did the honorable thing. But then she was like turning and it looked like she was about to ambush Ronda. Like it looked like yeah. that's it. But then they cut away and it didn't happen. I'm so happy it didn't because I wouldn't – I just don't want to hear Graves talk about it. I literally right, don't right. want to hear Corey Graves talk about, I told you so. Look at Ron, Look at what Sasha did. But would he like her then? I don't know because then she's heel. Who knows? He may I will say no matter what. two Corey things this week, which is one, A, it's kind of funny because I think now that they just – they have to embrace what Becky has become. So it's funny because Corey – I can't remember what he said at the top of the show, but he was, oh yeah, he said, once again, the man has turned the industry on its head. And he was like, it was just like, he was being so <laughs> positive about her. And he, yeah, he, he hated had, her like two weeks ago. Right. Uh, but he did have a very funny line because Corey often has funny lines when he's not being kind of odd with his, his hatred, which was, uh, it was something about or the his, Miz. Or his obsession. Yeah, or his obsessions. But he had a funny line about uh, Miz uh, and uh, was it the, the Usos, I think, because I think he says something about, well, they've won the, t- the titles five times and their fathers are proud of them. <laughs> He's like, what else? <laughs> He's what like, else we know, we know their dad loves them. his father's pride, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he got really weird with Mandy Rose, obviously, in the Royal Rumble and on SmackDown. But Beth Phoenix was there to give him tons of shit about his Mandy Rose obsession at the Rumble. Yeah. Like, just like, because it is uncomfortable. And yeah. then Byron wasn't letting it go this week either because he wouldn't – Corey wouldn't stop talking about Mandy Rose during other matches. That was, right. That's when it starts getting – that's when, you know, you know you've got a problem. Um, I think, and by the way, we should mention Mandy, the weird turn where I feel like they're trying to course correct. They probably have heard the complaints about the Mandy – um, Naomi storyline. So suddenly they're giving Mandy this new motivation 
which is uh, a vendetta she's been holding since Tough Enough in 2015. Well, because... we're in the third movie of the trilogy now. It's all going back to the beginning, and it's giving you. It's right. not. It's not really retconning stuff because this all did right. happen, but it did. But apparently, <laughs> Naomi's trash talking during a one-off appearance as as part of Team Bad in 2015 uh, ruined Mandy's relationship. Shook her to her core and has made her plot a four-year revenge. So. Yeah, it, g- it gave her a complex, right, of apartments. I don't know something, but yeah, it was enough that her boyfriend left her because she cried. I don't know. I feel like it must have been funny when they had the discussion, like the writers about what you know, because I think you know, I, I can only guess that maybe they're like, okay, well, people don't like what the storyline is. What can we do to fix it? Well, can there be a motivation for her from the past? Well, what would that be? And then someone's like, well, a tough enough one. So they had to look at the tapes. Tough enough right. and be like, when, what could we possibly pull out? You know, and then the, there it was. Guys, thank you for listening. So, uh, so hard. I'm thanking. This is the hardest I've ever thanked anyone. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to. Uh, um, whoa, what was that? Uh, our podcast this week. I know we had a lot to talk about. It's one of those weeks. We'll have more coming going forward with the the road to WrestleMania next week. Looks like it's just a regular regular old Raw and SmackDown week. So. We won't ramble on so long, but uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, get our shirt if you like the way it looks, and if you want to support us and, and wear it at a Raw or SmackDown taping, that would be awesome. Uh, leave us a cool review on iTunes, and a nice, uh, you know, five stars would be lovely too. And <laughs> everything is possible, but nothing is real. Cut to Chrisley. Boomers are a plague, and Shockma. Royal Rumble Burger forever, Shockma! How dare she put you in charge of me? It's an outrage is what it is. It is an outrage. Yeah. She's Uncle Dursley, and she's got the great wizard, Harry Potter, living under the staircase. Do you see that? But what happens in the Harry Potter books? He rises up, and he kills all the muggles. I don't think that's what happens. Enjoy wrestling. <laughs>